These are the Casey Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Casey, the longest-running rock station in the country. Casey Tapes, episode 37. I'm John. (laughs) I'm John. I sound like you there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, and you sound like Brett Hall there, too. Oh, hey. Gloria, (laughs) I got your number. The Blues won the Stanley you know, the only Cup. Thing, okay, the only thing that would have been funnier if it, if he said, I got your number right here. <laughs> he, he was probably drunk enough to do that, too. Thank goodness it didn't happen. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, here in St. Louis, we are just you know, so excited about our Blues winning the Stanley Cup for the first time ever. Yeah. And we beat, it, we beat a team from Boston, and our subject matter today is someone who comes from... Boston. <laughs> so we thought, well, now that we kicked their asses, it's uh, okay to go ahead and feature him on our uh, our Casey Tapes podcast today. Yeah, we're doing Tom Schultz of Boston, and I uh, don't like the guy, and uh, there's there's a few reasons why, and but he gives a really good interview here. Yeah. Um, but just a, a little bit of setup, it, it was like jumping through hoops to get this interview set up. There was uh, he had a woman. That was his uh, go-between and said, hey, he's going to call here. Now, what what are you going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And things like that, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, come on, just let me do my job. And, um, you know, one of the things that I definitely wanted to ask him was about, he's always involved in lawsuits mm-hmm. all the time. So I wanted to ask him about that. But, of course, I didn't tell her that, right. you know. Sure. Um, should I say what happened after the interview or should I wait? This was not for him. This was not him coming to town for our pig roast. Because there was an incident re- re- Right. Re- well, that's one of the reasons. Let's, let's get that. He made us change the name of the pig roast because he is a vegan, and he didn't like the idea of it being called a pig roast, right. of all things. Like, yeah. who cares? You're still getting paid, buddy. Yeah. You know. But we had to change the name of it. And we had already announced it, and we already had promos on the air, and we had to... Just call it a Casey concert, I guess it was. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. But uh, he, he had already been booked, and, yeah. and set, and so oh, it was so, done. Yeah. It was, yeah. So yeah, and, and uh, he comes in at the last minute and says, "I don't want it to be called a pig roast." Right, and then and, after, and there was no pig being roasted. No, no, there's no pig. pig. It's a sweet meat thing. It's, yeah, well, yeah. it's a pig roast is a party. When you right. say you're going to a pig roast, that is a party. Right, you know. So, and uh, there's a couple other things that I'll go into uh, after the interview, but um, you know, he was he was pretty cool here. You know, and uh, it's kind of surprising. And he answered all my questions, and yeah. we, you know, we we posted it online, and that is one of the issues that we had afterwards that I'll tell you about. All right, here we go. Tom okay. Scholes of Boston. Tom Scholes of Boston is with me, and Tom, I have to tell you, when I booked this interview, I saw that your guitar player Gary Peel was your backup to do the interview, and I thought for sure that I'd be interviewing Gary because because you just don't you don't do interviews that often. I think uh, not, very, not very often. Yeah, but I've got the day I've got the day off. Uh-huh. And I'm looking forward to the show. So I see. It's August 31st. Uh, Boston returns to St. Louis with Kansas and April Wine, and then we have a uh, front stage with some bands. And um, how, how's life for you right now, Tom? Where do you live? What are you doing? Life is life is good. Well, I'm living on the road, of course. We're in the middle of a, a little summer tour. Um, I've got the day off, 
So, and this from a guy who hated to tour back in the day. They didn't. They didn't think they could replicate their sound very well. If I remember back he, in the early days. You know, so it, they, yeah, it's kind of funny they because did. they sound great. Yeah. You know, and if you go to a Boston show and you listen, especially for the guitars, he's very picky about the live sound. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. It sounds just like the record. Yeah. I mean, they sound good. Right. Uh, I'm uh, feeling good about the world. Uh, looking forward to the show. We've uh, this will be the second show we, we're doing with Kansas. Definitely um, great. Man, Boston, Kansas, back in the day. Yeah, uh, you couldn't beat those yeah. two bands, man. Sound great. Yeah, um, and uh, we're um, we're actually having a, 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 a very good tour this time. Um, everything sort of fell into place, and uh, uh, it's just been it's been a great trip so far. So, uh, tell us who uh, besides yourself is in the band uh, these days. Oh, geez, I don't remember all their names. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke, John. <laughs> I kind of I believe him. I, I don't. I don't talk to no, no, no. these guys. I do it myself for the most part and just get some well, that I do believe, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, you, just, you, mentioned, you mentioned Gary. Yeah, he's been right. My, you know, he's, he's my longtime my long time guy. We've been doing this together for 26 years, and to be honest with you, he's the one that got me back out um, doing shows again back in the 80s. And um, he's sort of, uh, you know, he's sort of the driving force behind getting these shows together. together and of course, Gary, Gary was the longtime uh, rhythm guitar player for Sammy Hagar, who of course that's right. he used to. That's how I met him playing for Sammy. And that's that right. They used, to, they used to open for him. Um, so uh, you know he's uh, he's always there. I wouldn't wouldn't be out here if he wasn't there. And uh, I would have to mention uh, Tommy DeCarlo, who is uh, of course our uh, lead singer, who is just uh, doing a phenomenal job. The guy is uh, he's unbelievable. Well, be- don't kill this guy. <laughs> <All right. laughs> hey! Wow! Uh, All right. That was one of the lawsuits, right? That was one of the lawsuits that he was responsible for the death of Brad Delp. Yeah, his family was suing uh, Scholes for instigating Brad Delp's problems, and then he eventually killed himself. Yeah. By the way, Tom Scholes is 72 years old. He is? Yeah. Wow. I just, uh, uh, every, I find myself listening to him sing sometimes and losing my spot. But, oh, well, that's good. Uh, that's a good thing. Well, you better fire him. Does he That's how you get fired, Tom, just sneaking meat into the... Right. Uh, what, what if you're in the band? I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I met Gary Peel a few times, but... but it, you know, if you eat meat and you're in Boston and the leader is a vegan and he went so far as to change the name of the show from pig roast to whatever, are you, yeah. are you allowed to eat meat around yeah. him? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. On drums. Um, he played with us uh, in the 90s uh, for uh, uh, a few tours. Um, it, you know, all around it was just uh, uh, things that uh, the chemistry really fell together this time. We had a uh, a, a really difficult uh, preparation trying to get the, the production together. We had all sorts of things planned, and it seemed like uh, seemed like everything we tried to do it wouldn't work for some reason or another. It was because I'm a stickler and <laughs> I just can't get along with people. Maybe that's it. I don't know. No, that wouldn't be it. Problem. And then the first show uh, came up in uh, July or at the end of June, um, and it was like. Uh, Somebody turned a switch, and from that point on, everything worked. All right, on. Good to hear that. It's been it's been awesome. And, uh, Great when that happens once or twice in a lifetime. <laughs> the audience response has been phenomenal. Uh, so, uh, 
we're in a very good mood. Well, and good. that's why I'm calling you today. <laughs> See? Yeah, I'm yeah, telling you, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? We're talking to Tom Schultz of Boston. Hey, you know, the one thing I wanted to ask you, Tom, because, I mean, you know, and I'm just going to put it right out there. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. This is, I think this has got to be about the does, lawsuit question. Does his mood change as the interview goes along? No, no. Oh, he, okay. he answers everything. All right. How much do you think you've spent in legal fees since that first Boston record came out? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Everything that's gone on in your life, whether it be record companies or lawsuits or whatever, you, you must have a hell of a retainer for somebody. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. That is, you know, for any, for for any. Well, I know that it's a lot less than 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 many bands. Uh, any, you know, unfortunately, one of the side effects of uh, being a, the uh, writer and producer and basically the the, the principal uh, musician for 30 million albums. There's so much money involved that it brings out all the snakes and it brings out the worst in people. So I've had, uh, and I and I have a. I do have, uh, you know, I um, I refuse to uh, I, I, I refuse to uh, back down with some of these. Uh, you know, I've been the, the target of pretty much uh, um, every record uh, company or corporation that I've been involved with, um, and I, I I just you know you can't back down from these people. You have. Now I hate to defend the record companies because there are <clears> a bunch of snakes. They there, are no doubt about it. Yeah. But if there's anyone where you could possibly have sympathy for a record company, it'd probably be a <laughs> deal between him, Tom Scholz, and the record company. He's got to be hard on them, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just got to be. But you know, you're talking about a guy here too who. The cost factor for that first album was like nothing. Right. He he did it himself in his basement practically, you know, with with other right. members of the band. Yeah. So you know his profit on this thing is immense. Yeah. And has been from pretty much day one. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think he is an engineer from MIT. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's a very smart yeah. guy. Yeah. Right. For what the, something I I have but uh, you know the. Uh, the whole process, that part of it, the business side, has been uh, just awful. I mean, it's just been that that has uh, been um, pretty much all of the worst experiences of my life have been with the people and the companies that are just trying to make money off the music. And then on the other extreme is the artistic side, the um, you know writing the music and and creating the albums actually in a basement studio and then performing on stage that has been some of the best moments of my life so it's a you know it's this uh, amazing black and white uh, side of things you know, it's amazing we didn't hear from him or maybe we did and i just didn't hear him speak about uh, the internet's effect on profits for artists. I've, I've never, never heard, heard him either. Yeah, I've never heard him say anything about it. You think if anybody yeah, would, it, it would be, be him. Yeah. You know, and here's the other thing. Uh, just, rem just remember everything that he's saying here, how open he is, how he's responding to all of this. Just just remember that he answered the question about lawsuits and being on him. Just remember, and we'll get to it. Okay. That, um, but you can't escape the... Uh, you can't escape the, the nasty side of people. Uh, you know, the... the, the, the that, that part of the population that is, uh, you know, greedy or, or, or wants their name in life or is bitter because they didn't get this or they didn't get that. Um, you can't escape that if uh, you have some success with the artistic side. So that was segment one with Tom Scholz, and uh, we went into music, and uh, here comes... Uh, well, this, this was done live on the air. So well, I, I, I get, yeah, it, yeah, it seems like it. So, um, 
uh, here's here comes segment two. And you can't play music on a podcast unless you want to pay out the ass for it. Right. So it's Casey ninety five Real Rock Radio. That's Boston, of course. And we're uh, on the phone right now with Tom Schultz of Boston. Tom was just talking about lawyers and things like that and fighting record companies. And Tom, isn't it funny now in two thousand and twelve? You don't even need a record label to uh, put out an album. Well, not only that, you can't find one. It's <laughs> <laughs> <You're> true. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, but you know, they 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 sort of uh, they, they they created their own demise. To be honest with you. Yeah, they did. So, Tom, uh, when you're reminded of that first Boston record and and the and how many copies it sold, and and then you know, Don't Look Back comes out and and, and goes big too. I mean. Was that period a blur, or is that still really all clear in your mind? Well, it's uh, yeah, of course, since I was uh, in the middle of all of it, um, it's it's pretty, it's, it's quite clear. Actually. Since I was the boss, uh, <laughs> I remember, and and it's 2012. We just figured that out. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, he said, or I said, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's only, that's yeah. how long the interview. 18, seven years ago. 18, yeah, seven years seven ago. Years. Mm-hmm. So I remember, uh, I remember everything in great detail. Um, it. Uh, it was a surprise, though. I will say that. I'll bet. Can you imagine what that 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 he how surprised he must have been to have this album become uh, one of the iconic albums in rock and roll history when he was doing it all by himself in, in his basement. In his basement. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, after <clears throat> after I finished making the uh, that first Boston album, um, uh, I went back to work at Polaroid. I, I wasn't expecting anything. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yes. He worked at Polaroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. He was one of their engineers or something, something wasn't he? Something like that, actually, yeah. And I, yeah, I, was back at, I, I went back to work there for uh, two or three months, and then finally I realized I was actually going to have to leave um, if I was going uh, <laughs> to follow up with the uh, record that I had <laughs> uh, recorded in my basement. And uh, um, But who would have... Who would have guessed? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, especially that one, um, uh, 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 an, an album that actually was recorded not 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 only in a basement studio, but in a in a basement studio with an incredibly low budget on some you know obsolete used equipment and some things that I had cobbled together. Uh, the uh, who would have thought that that would be the you know right selling debut album? Yeah. Um, and and. You he didn't make any money off it. <laughs> wow. I mean, he's talking about how cheaply it was made. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, probably the most unique thing to ever happen in rock and roll history. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean he knew what the hell he was doing. Yeah. You know, you have to keep in mind, back in, this was in 1976. In 1976, I was told over and over again that it was too bad that I was uh, interested in rock and roll. Because the only way I would sell records is if I was doing disco. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because disco was starting to yeah, really get going, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, uh, I, you know, I was prepared for total, uh, um, you know, failure financially, uh, and um, and just uh, hoping to have an artistic success. So I was. No one was more shocked than I was when More Than a Feeling took off. Yeah, something else. All right, so we're talking to Tom Scholes of Boston. And I can remember when that album first came to KC '95. And, you know, there were so many... That was the year you started. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember the album sitting on the floor, leaning up against Ron Stevens' desk, who was our program director at the time. Mm-hmm. And it just sat there for, I want to say, a couple of weeks, because there always were new artists, or sure. new, new albums coming out from artists back then, you know? Right. Uh, the, 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 
the industry was was evolving and flourishing, and everything was new. And every time somebody put something out, you you took the time to listen to it. So there was kind of like a backup. And plus, you're talking about a band there, nobody knew anything about. Right. So why would you give it an immediate listen? You right. wouldn't. And it just sat there for a couple of weeks. Goes on the on the stack. Yeah. And then we started playing more than a feeling, and hey, this is a pretty good song. People started liking mm-hmm. it. And then after that, it was just one right after the other after another off that album, and it just was a it was a slow grower. I don't know if any song off that album was ever a top 40 hit now that I... That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have to check that out. Mm -hmm. Tom, I have to ask this question, but will there ever be another Boston record? Yeah, there will be. In fact, it's it's almost done. Um, Oh, don't tease uh, us now. You've done that before. Almost. Almost (laughs) done. Almost done. And uh, I I was actually uh, working on the the last song for the album uh, when the uh, chance for this... um, a little tour came up this summer, and um, so I decided to put off uh, uh, finishing the last tune. So I, I will use the tour as an excuse for uh, a few more months to wait. But, uh, <laughs> yes, it, 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 it is, and it's been a long time in the making. I'm very excited about it. Uh, it there's uh, uh, a lot of the songs are sort of a, a return to the somewhat simpler arrangements I did uh, back in the um, 70s, uh, but there's also some uh, really uh, cool instrumental uh, work that's uh, right. you know, more like a third stage and walk-on, so right. I'm, I I'm guess very excited about it. more than a feeling peaked at number five, so it was oh, the top 40 hit. I guess he's talking about Life, Love, and Hope, that famous Boston record, <laughs> <laughs> because it came out in 2013, and uh, I don't know anything about it. I know we didn't play anything off of it. Yeah. Oh, on the phone with me is Tom Schultz of Boston. And, you know, Tom, back in the day, the first time I saw Boston, Sammy Hagar opened up. And uh, I think that was the last time Sammy was ever uh, an opening act. And uh, I just remember, it was a great night. It was at the Checker Dome. I mean, do you remember gigs like that? I mean, you guys must have been out with Sammy quite a bit. Uh, we did a, a, probably 100 shows with Sammy Hagar wow. in the 70s. Um, we're, uh, well, I, w- I will tell you this. The show that you're going to see at um, uh, the Verizon Amphitheater will knock your socks off if you enjoyed the one in 1970. It's a whole, it's, it's, it's several generations uh, better than what you saw, and you won't have to be stoned to enjoy it. That's a great thing. Right on. Now, when, uh, uh, Tom, when, when, when Brad uh, passed away a few years ago, were you, were you worried that, that you know, this whole thing, I mean, you would never do this again. Um, what what motivated you to, to, to go back out? Uh, well, the, um, you know, there were, it, it, it became obvious that people were, um, people really wanted to hear Boston music. They, you know, I realized that, that it was the songs that people uh, wanted to hear. Um, and uh, the, uh, so that's what got me motivated. There, there was a tremendous, um, response from uh, you know fans and friends saying you know we still want to hear these songs uh, and and that's really what motivated me and of course uh, you know stumbling onto or finding the right um, uh, uh, singers to uh, um, take Brad's place that uh, made it uh, so much easier sure uh, and you know Tommy DeCarlo is just a, I mean he does a phenomenal job on stage and now we have a um, we have a second guy named David Victor, who is uh, actually used to do um, uh, a, a tribute dance with Boston music. Um, 
uh, doing, uh, you know, filling in on the uh, the three-part guitar harmonies and uh, and the vocals, uh, and uh, Tracy Ferry on bass, and it's uh, it just uh, everything clicked. Uh, we've got the people will hear their favorite songs sounding just like they did on their um, yeah turned up to 105 decibels uh, and. Uh, at the same time, they're going to hear a lot of uh, of cool stuff uh, that we do that uh, that's improvis- improvisational. Yeah, but when I when I think of Boston music live, I, I don't want to hear some long jams. No, you, know, you just want to hear it the way it is on the record. Yeah, because they have such a unique sound. Yeah. you know, Brad Delp had a great you know uh, you know vocal and yeah. just the good, the the three part harmonies on guitar. That's what you want to hear, and you do. Yeah, but he's right about that. It's not on any recording, so uh, uh, I, people have a great time. We're traveling with the world. Largest gong, um, and the largest largest gong, gong, not long, <laughs> but gong, yes, and an, an amazing light show. I, I just can't wait to hear the guitars, Tom. I just cannot wait to hear that. You will hear, you will hear plenty. Oh man! <laughs> All right, Tom Schultz, man, it was uh, great talking today. Great to have you back on on Casey, and uh, certainly Casey was right there at the beginning, like other rock stations they, were. But they were, and we're looking forward to playing this show. I, I can't tell you, it's a, it, it will be one of the high points. Oh, well, right on. Thank you, Tom. August 31st, Verizon Wireless. Tom Schultz of Boston. See you, Tom. Thank you for that. Oh, he didn't make fun of your name. Don't no. Go I wonder if that was the pig roast that we had to change the name for. That could have been. Yeah, that could have You know, been, with yeah. Kansas and April Wine. And then I, I, I alluded to the fact in the beginning that there were bands on another stage. Mm. So it sounds like. I don't oh. think so. I think, I think that pig roast was just a few years ago. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so after this interview, we posted it online. I got a call literally the day of from uh, the woman who set up the interview, his, his person, asking me to take it down because of those questions about all the lawyers. Tom, I guess, uh, afterwards felt weird or he probably didn't remember what he said or maybe he, hmm. he listened to it on the website. And I was like, really? You want me to take it down? Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah, what could he have said there that was... Yeah, I, I told her. I was like... I asked that question, and he just went with it. And he, and that's why I jumped in there and said, L- listen to what he's saying here. He answered it, you know, and what, what was so bad about it? Right. You know, he was honest. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no way that I would take it down, and I didn't. Um, you know, I, and I remember telling our boss at the time, Rick Bayless, I was like, we should take this down. There's mm-hmm. no way. I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah. You know, so that kind of so, thing. So you didn't take it down, and nothing came of it? Nothing came of it. I've never never interviewed him again. Yeah. But there was one other thing. Oh. Now, this just happened a few years ago. I was doing a broadcast out at the amphitheater uh, before a Boston show. And, uh, you know, Tom, because he is a vegan, he travels with all of his own, you know, caterers and everything. He's got He's got that back area all, you know, jacked up. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm doing the broadcast, and I notice him walking around. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... You know, I didn't even want to go up to him. Should I say something? No, yeah. right. And yeah. but but I but I was like, you know, I'm not going to because he was, you know, uh, he was a jerk about the interview and and the pig roast and all that. He, <laughs> we we were done at like six o'clock, I think. He complained to uh, management there at the venue that we were there and he wanted us gone. You mean the, you were doing a live broadcast yeah. till six back there? Yeah, it was like four to six, yeah. and I think he noticed us at like five thirty ish. I remember him walking around, like I said, yeah. and uh, he complained to the production manager that uh, we should be gone. Yeah. And I was just like, "We're here 
to promote right. your show. Right. To get more people here. Right. This is what we do. And which and what we have been doing for 35, yeah. 40 years. And so I get the call as I'm in my car leaving. Uh, I can't remember who it was from. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, t- you know, something to the effect that, that, you know, Tom wants you gone. I was like, well, tell Tom we are gone. Yeah. You know, and I'll never, ever do another broadcast before a Boston show. I just, I, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And to this day, because, not only because of everything that led up to it, but because he wanted us gone, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just like, and I and I think there were some other things involved. I think, I don't know if we had clearance to be there from his people or whatever, but, you know, we're there at every show. You right. know, Live Nation, the people that, that booked that amphitheater, you know, they want us at every show because they want us talking about it and mm-hmm. bringing people in. He didn't like it. Yeah. And you didn't even go up to him. No, I never even <laughs> said anything to him. So, uh, uh, the hell with Tom Schultz. Yeah. At 72 years of age, you'd think he'd mellow out by now and be more appreciative. But, uh, you nope. know, looking back at what people have done to help him get where he is. But I guess he looks at it the way, hey, nobody helped me. I did it myself. Right. So, right. All I'm you. the boss. I can do yeah. what I want. Mm. You know, I, I, I feel sorry for his tour manager. Because yeah. his tour manager must just, you know, you normally in a, in a band setting, the tour manager is the boss. He arranges for the interviews. You go here and this day, you know, make sure mm-hmm. everything... I bet you Tom does all that. Yeah. He just sits there and goes, "What the what the fuck do I do?" Makes you wonder if the uh, the family of Brad Delp, Delp uh, had a a valid reason yeah. for suing him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, and I, you know, I, I guess it's probably something we uh, really shouldn't touch on how it ended or, or anything like that. I mean, you can Google it, but. It was uh, it was a sad time for sure. Yeah, Tom Schultz, uh, living up to his reputation of being a Boston ass, <laughs> and they lost and the we Stanley Cup. We won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. take that, Tom. Yeah. All right, I'm John Hewlett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLU Man and on Instagram at Johnny Hewlett. Favaz, Casey Guy, Twitter and Instagram, Casey ninety five Favaz, Facebook. Adios, Adios my friend. Except you, Tom Schultz, <laughs> my enemy. A friend of my enemy is my enemy. No, my friend. A of frenemy. My... He's a frenemy. <laughs> Ever heard of that? Your daughters no. have heard of that. Uh-uh. Frenemy. Oh, they're a friend, but they're your enemy. Oh, well. Yeah. You know he's going to sue us. <laughs> well, we're going to get a call about this podcast. I know it. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.